It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to today's Gina and Friends radio show. You know, having friends is such an important part of life, but where do you meet them? And today we have a guest, Deborah Thorne. We met over LinkedIn. We met about four years ago. We've spoken most months since then, and we've become firm friends. I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to have her as a guest. She's on the West Coast of America. I'm in the UK. Uh, I don't think she'd mind me saying she's a black woman. Um, I'm white. We come from very different worlds, and yet, I think we're soul sisters. We've got the same values. And one of the things that we've always enjoyed doing is you know, it, what's same in your world, what's different in your world. And we've engaged in conversations where both of us have a greater understanding of each other's lives and the sort of society that we live in, uh, in both countries. Now, she's an amazing lady. She's an, an award-winning, internationally known author, coach, trainer, and speaker. She's the founder and the host of the Leverage Conference for Speakers, Authors, and Entrepreneurs. And she works mainly with women, but, but sometimes with men too, to help them in a whole variety of ways. And we're going to be talking about the sort of things that she does. But without more ado, I, Deborah, it's just such a, a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Gina. And you know that I am happy to be here. And I bring you guys greetings from Los Angeles, California, in the United States of America. Yay. <laughs> you know, one of our, our challenges, and we've, we've done radio shows before, is that we, we don't stop talking. And so often, in fact, just before this, we started the recording for this show, um, I said to Deborah, you know, this conversation ought to be um, on, uh, on the audio. Let's stop and, and we will uh, carry on the conversation. So I'd really like you to share a bit of your story. You know, you are the, um, the information diva 
you know, how did that come about? Tell us about you. Okay, oh, thank you for asking. Okay, yes, I am Deborah Thorne, the information diva, and I'm often asked, you know, why that? Because I know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. I tell people I have a PhD from the School of Hard Knocks. As far as entrepreneurship is concerned, I've made possibly just about every mistake done. And so what I want my clients to do is to make new mistakes. Don't make the ones I've already made. And uh, I work really diligently helping women to learn solid business practices and systems that help them go forth with their businesses. As I always say, we do business like a woman, not like a man, CEO, not CEO. And so I'm really passionate about finding out new systems, new things, putting them in order so that we can play with the big boys. So I find it really interesting you talk about CEO, not CEO. So what do you see as the differences between the way, generally speaking, men do business and the way women should do business? Okay, this is the way I always started off. Okay, any woman can bring her baby to a business meeting with me. What that says to me is that she is a devoted mother and a devoted businesswoman. Whichever one of us isn't writing will hold the baby. And I got the opportunity to actually see this in uh, person. I was watching television late one night and there was an uh, interview from the mayor of Compton, California and one of the newscasters. And the mayor has in her office a crib. At the time, her baby, this is a while ago, at the time, her baby was about eight months old. So she has the baby on her lap, the baby's sitting there very quietly, enjoying what's going on as her mother's interviewed, and she drops her toy. She doesn't make a sound. The newscaster bends down to pick up the toy, which leaves the screen totally blank. And you know, in television, that's a no-no. Nobody in the screen because she's down picking up the toy. She gets the toy, kind of brushes it off a little bit, handles, hands it back to the baby, who, by the way, had not made one sound the whole time. And the baby's comfortable again. And then the newscaster says, well, that's live TV, ladies and gentlemen. The baby had a need and we had to take care of it. And I went, yes, that's how women do business. And then I'll turn to a man and say, so can a woman bring her baby to your meeting? No. Well, then you don't understand what we're dealing with. Because as a woman in business, my family is very important to me. I've got to take care of them. That's the reason you're working in the first place. But I also really do care about my business. And so I encourage women not to make other women make those kinds of choices. I encourage women to think more. People like to say more with our heart than our brain. It's not that. It's just that we can all win. There are no winners and losers. I don't do any competition whatsoever. I'll collaborate with anybody, but no competition. And so that's what I mean by doing business like a woman. Now, a CEO means a little bit more. It is a successful, healthy, enlightened, entrepreneurial overachiever. And that's what I want the women who work with me to strive to be. Do business your way, because many of the ways that men taught us to do business are competitive, they're hateful, and you know it's not 
give you another example, and then I'll be quiet. You know, we can go on. <laughs> but I was watching Family Feud, and I don't know if you guys see it in the UK, but it's a game show. And people that you're asked a question and then they have to, uh, they give an answer and you try to see how many people in the poll answered the same way you do. So the question was, your neighbor has better Christmas lights than you. What do you do? And, you know, somebody answered, oh, I go buy more lights. Uh, I quit trying. Uh, this one man said, I'll burn their house down. Good gracious. Where on earth did that come from? And to me, that comes from the competitiveness that I don't subscribe to. You would actually burn somebody's house down because they had, like, like granted, this is a game show, but where on earth did that come from? It's scary. Uh, <laughs> and this was, this was a, a, a nice family man. He was there with his family. Okay, burn the house down was his answer. Goodness me. I am speechless, really. And it doesn't happen very often. And it's not a good thing on radio, I have to say, to be speechless. So perhaps I ought to fill the gap. You know, competition's interesting because so many people that I've met over the years believe that you have to be in competition with people in order to have a successful business. When the reality is, there are millions of people out there perhaps doing the same thing as you, their coaches or their trainers or they're producing a product. But ultimately people are going to choose and they're going to choose not just because you're a coach or because of the product, there'll be other things that will make them choose you rather than me. And so we don't need to be in competition in the, the old uh, traditional way. What we need to do is to forget about the others and concentrate on being the best version of us that we can be. And that will attract the right people to us rather than trying to do somebody else down in order to feel better. Now, I'm very conscious we've got to take a break. When we come back, we get, I'd like to talk about, you know, this whole business of let's move it from competition because I think competition is one of the elements when it is badly used that can create trauma. And I'd like to explore the whole issue of trauma with you. So don't go away. We'll be back in a moment. Fact, we all love video doorbells. Voice assistants have changed our lives. We now control our home with a touch. Indoor and outdoor cameras help us keep watch. We want to guard our lives and hold tight to our loved ones everywhere. And you know what's better than all these things by themselves? All these things together from the most trusted name in security, ADT. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Welcome back. Deborah, what's your view around trauma and the 
our society at the moment, because when you look at the news and you listen to people, there seems to be trauma at every uh, at every call, doesn't there? Okay, uh, you know, I watch, since meeting you, I pay attention a lot to what's going on in the UK and around the world, rather than just in my own backyard. However, I see trauma everywhere. You know, the pandemic did its trauma. The unrest around the world is creating trauma. The, uh, in our country, our political system is creating trauma. And what really concerns me, what concerns me, first of all, is our, our children are so traumatized. And I'm not sure how that's going to play out years from now. Um, based on what they've learned, witnessed, and experienced. But, you know, every person that you walk in, that you're in touch with, that you come in contact with, is traumatized. They've got some sort of trauma they're dealing with, and we need to recognize that. I believe we need to recognize our own trauma. I've got things set up to let me know if I'm not doing so good. You know, so I pay attention. Like, if I don't open my blinds, for two days, wait a minute, what's going on, okay? Because there's so much going on. Um, just, you know, you're not getting work done or you find yourself being cross with people. Uh, and remember that if you're having this problem, so is the person that you're talking to having this problem. And I think that we need to be aware of it and seek help when necessary, because there is a time when you no longer can personally handle it You've got to get some help with it. I think that's very wise. And so many people think, you know, I'm strong. I can do it for myself. But ultimately, um, it, it, things, if they're not dealt with, tend to either be buried and surface later, or they, they grow and they become more and more difficult. Now, it's an interesting because trauma is something that some people would say, well, a trauma is a car accident or being abused or you know, being attacked or something big. But one person's trauma in their life is another person's just ordinary day. And I think it's my view is it's how you internalize daily living, the activities that go on. Somebody's been perhaps a little unkind to you. Um, for one person, you just dismiss that, but another person would actually internalize that and it would make them feel bad about themselves. So trauma is very broad, isn't it? And it comes in so many forms. I believe so. And I believe that we've been taught as a society to, oh, just ignore that. Oh, just, so all these things are, in my opinion, are building on top of each other. If somebody's not nice to you and it goes unchecked, then the next thing just gets built on top of it. And it doesn't make you weak to recognize that there's trauma involved. It's how you're going to handle it, that you know that, well, that was traumatic. If you turn on the news yes. in any country, you are being traumatized. We are learning, because here's an example of it. We start to um, denounce things. You know, we have so many, unfortunately, gun related incidents where people live their uh, lose their lives because of guns, is that when you hear one more person being shot and killed, you just go, oh, ooh, another one, oh, okay. And you just keep moving on. No, 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 back up. That was somebody's life. And not only and them, but just think about the impact on their families and their friends and their work colleagues. You know, 
we don't have guns in uh, in the same way in the UK, and I'm very pleased about that. I have to say. Wonderful. However, um, what we do have is a growing problem with knife crime. Mm. Now, if you go back ten years ago, if somebody was stabbed to death, it hit all of the news on the television, on the newspaper, on the radio. It was big news. But I have a friend whose partner works with disadvantaged youth um, and works associated with a football, one of the big football league um, clubs, in supporting young people who are in danger of um, gang-related problems or over-the-border drug problems. And I saw him last week and we were sitting there and during the evening there were three phone calls and the three phone calls were about three different youths who had been stabbed. And I said to him, you know, there was a time when, fortunately, none of them had lost their lives. Wonderful. But, you know, 10 years ago, that was unusual. And now it's become, in some parts of society, so commonplace that it's not news anymore. And I think this, this situation where we start to become immune to the shock of trauma is a worry. It's and, and to be complacent, you know, well, it wasn't my kid. Oh, it's the disadvantaged kids again. And not realizing that any and all of this can come to anybody's home, okay? It, it, it isn't them and us, you know, uh, our country as well as yours. We have class systems. We don't talk about it, but we do. You know, the you, I love it when they say, nothing like that ever happens here. Well, you know what? Welcome to the real world. It happens everywhere. If it happens one place, it can happen another. And it, for me, it is our response to it. You know, I spent a number of years working with young people and uh, conflict resolution. And I would tell kids all the time, if you continue to fight, there's only one of two places you're going to end. Do you know what those are? That's jail or dead. There is no in between, okay? Because it's going to get so bad. So when we're dealing with this, when our children are dealing with this, every time you turn on the news, you know, the, with the stuff that's happening in Ukraine, those poor people, and I look at the children when yes. they're pulling them off the plane, the babies, look at their eyes. Yes. Will they ever get over this? And, you know, we have never had war fought on our land, okay? And I guess that's a blessing I didn't even know to thank God for. When I see cities, vibrant cities with great big buildings with holes and there were people in there, my goodness. And if it can happen one place, it can happen another place. And, and it's happening all over the world, isn't it? One of the things that I've done, and we must go for, to a break in a moment, is mm -hmm. I um, am just waiting for a visa to go through, and I'm going to host a lady from the Ukraine. I can only okay. pick up one, that's the space that I have. Um, mm -hmm. But she's had to leave her home and her extended family, um, come to a country. She knows two English words, hello oh. and goodbye. Oh. She knows two more English words than I know Ukrainian words because I know nothing. And she's left her life. And as soon as the visa comes through, she's going to come and join me and live with me. And I'll do my best to make her feel welcome and to help her learn some of the language. 
but ultimately her life has just been ripped apart. And can you imagine that? You're sitting in your home one day with everything, look, you know, we complain, you know, the light, it's not bright enough. It's, you know, the weather isn't good. Oh, I didn't make as, you know, you and I have a conversation about how much money is our business make, all that. To have every single thing you own taken away. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And if you think we're talking about the Ukraine, but we could be talking about Syria, Iraq, Iran, any number of places where 21st century, we like to think of ourselves as evolved beings, and yet we are still on a path of destruction and trauma. And the trauma is the part that gets me. I know we got a break. I'm sorry. We got a break. Well, and also when we come back, I want to just lift the mood and the vibration because it would be very easy to leave everybody who's listening feeling incredibly depressed. And I don't want to do that. So please don't go away. When we come back, it's going to be much more positive. Um, we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> parenting your teen, it might be time to take a new approach. Visit boystown.org parenting. We've got parenting guides, articles, videos, quick tips, and even live parent talks with Boystown experts. Boystown, take your parenting skills to new heights. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put it right home. Welcome back. And actually, I'd like to start the last segment by saying to uh, De Deborah, um, for every guest, we donate to B1G1, buy one, give one, which is a, a business-oriented giving system, um, which has projects all over the world. And uh, we choose four different projects um, every month, and they are all to do with giving people who, are for uh, just an accident of birth, who are less fortunate, an opportunity to have a leg up. And it's done in a way that it isn't about, you know, here's the charity, it's giving them the tools so that they can then do it for themselves. They're very well vetted. And there's another charity that runs the, the um, raises the money for the, for the admin. So the four for this, uh, at the moment are education, um, clean water, medical help, particularly for those children who have sight problems. And um, there is a charity supporting children in the Ukraine. Which of those do you like? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I'm always for education and water. Everybody deserves fresh water. Oh, my goodness. Okay, but I have to go with the children of the Ukraine. They're, yeah. Right now, they are our emergency. So that that, that donation will be going on your behalf. Um, uh, and hopefully, I'd like to think that that uh, conflict won't last too long. But I really want to get into, you know, people who are experiencing challenges, either in just the this, this sense that they're listening or they are um, aware of difficult things going on, or those people who are actually 
have experienced trauma in the past or are in the process of living uh, life with trauma. What do you think are the ways that people can help themselves actually deal with the trauma and find a way forward that's positive? Well, you did it just now. You know, when we find ourselves down, you know, it's almost kind of like shake it off. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but switch your gears, you know, do something that, okay, I'm having a, a bad moment. I, you know, I'm feeling down. I'm thinking about the children in Ukraine. Let me pick up my favorite book. Let me go listen to some music that I enjoy to change the mood in yourself and to change, as you would call it, the vibration so that things are different. Now it hasn't solved the problem, and another day you'll think about it and it could bring the um, angst back. But the point is right now, you're going to survive the trauma the best way you can. And I can't say enough that in the United States, May is Mental Health Month. And if you feel that you are having a mental health challenge, please reach out to the experts the professionals get help. There is no shame around it. If you can't do any better, write to me or write to Gina and we'll walk you through getting some help because having you here on this planet, living your best life is best for all of us. And sometimes we need professional help to make that happen. So let's rather than wait to the end of the show, let's just give people, where can they meet you? Where they can they find you? Where can they talk to you? Okay, so, wow, here we go. Well, over my shoulder, it says text diva to 21,000, but that's only if you're in the United States, okay? Um, and that will give you my digital business card. But I am the information diva. If you pull me up Google, it comes up. Uh, you can also go to the informationdiva.com. I'm there. Lots of things happening, and I welcome and be sure if you reach out to me to let me know that you heard me on Gina's show. That is really important because, you know, we, I live here in Los Angeles having a really good time, but I'm hoping that my work, the things that I do, reach out more and more. I am a connector, a connector. I connect people to people and people to opportunities. So I'd love to connect you in any way I can. Thank you. And as you know, if you've listened to the show before, you can contact me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinelyyou.com. Or you can um, go onto one of the websites, go to genuinely-you.com and you can contact me through there. But you're quite right, reach out. I want to share one or two strategies that can really make a difference when you are dealing with trauma or just feeling down. Getting out in nature um, is a really good way. There's, there's now so much research that shows that actually making that connection with the real, you know, the, the, the natural world, going for a walk in the forest. If you're living in a big city, just get into one of the parks. If you can, you know, sit on the grass or walk on the grass with bare feet and just make that connection. One of the other things which I think is just so powerful is that of gratitude. Now, you might turn around to me and say, I can't feel grateful. Life is rubbish at the moment. I'm having a really difficult time. One of the challenges that we all have is that our brain 
works rather like an old fashioned DVD. We get stuck in the groove of habitual thinking. And in order to shake that habitual thinking, gratitude is a great way. So as you get up in the morning, start to uh, think about the day in a, just a somewhat different way and look for things to be grateful for and make it easy. So for me, great plumbing is always a great start. A hot shower, a nice cup of tea. You know, somebody rings me during the day. My cat, Leo, who's very naughty and who thinks I'm his slave, makes me laugh rather than makes me shout. Um, you know, somebody visits and gives me a hug or I read a good book. During the day, I notice things that I really appreciate and I'm grateful for. And even on the darkest days, and there have been dark days, that little ray of sunshine is really important. Now, at the end of the day, just before you go to sleep, scan the day and all of those gratitudes during the day and choose five. And what that starts to do very quickly is it recalibrates the brain, perhaps overnight as we're ordering things and processing things. And over a very short space of time, I've done this with thousands of people now, and within four weeks, they can feel a significant difference. Deborah, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much. We'll have our conversations in private next month, but thank you for joining me and please do join me in the next show. If you've missed the show, you can look at the archive and you can find uh, any of the uh, past shows there. But thanks very much. We'll see you in the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.